Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Ah, yes. The smell of... Wit. Of fruit flies in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yes, yes. Ah, if the fruit flies... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Time flies like an arrow. arrow. Fruit flies, fruit like, flies like a banana. Some metaphor about the beard. The early beard drinker gets the fruit flies or something. Terrible. <laughs> For like the last beer drinker. The last beer drinker gets the fruit fly. There right. you go. And the backwash. Everything else. Oh, my God, John. It's hot. Yes, yes it is. It is. I, I tell you. <laughs> How hot is it? We were getting a load of lumber delivered at the brewery and um, standing out there, and I can feel like... Little beads of sweat running down my back, running down my butt crack, tickling my taint, <laughs> running down my leg. Just like, damn, this is like. Careful, you're going to get peak Bevo's interest over there. This is like, I got I got crack sweat. You ever had, Bevo, you ever had crack sweat? I don't think so. Yeah, go Bevo, I mean. Keep, keep your sweat sweatshirt on. Go run around the block outside and see if you get crack sweat. Well, there's I've had cleavage sweat. Oh, oh, well, there you go. Maybe it's the Kinda female the version thing. Of, of male crack sweat. Are you snapping this right now? I totally am. You're such a douche. Bebo <laughs> <laughs> saying she's getting cleavage sweat. <laughs> yeah. Hope I got that. That's sexy. Very sexy. Wouldn't you say, John? Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, uh, just miserably hot uh, and sweaty. Uh, luckily, the studio is finally air-conditioned. Uh, is... We have smoke and ash raining from the sky. But uh, other than that. Apocalypse happening? Really? Yeah, yeah, small one. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, it's killing all the animals. So don't have to worry about that, right? Yeah, you don't have to barbecue. That's yeah. done for you. That's right. <laughs> haven't you haven't you had this fire problem like every year? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and a couple of years ago, it was just like you're watching it come up on your, you know, your side of the valley. Yeah, yeah. Coming over the mountain, mm-hmm. rolling down the hills, lava, bears, mm-hmm. deer, bunnies. Mm-hmm. Flaming bunnies, but uh, yeah, right. Oh. Roast bunny. It's like uh, you know. Oh yeah, that's a delicacy down there. Dinner on a stick. That's nice. nice. You just put some punji sticks out there, and they they are leaping away from the fire. And they get pierced, and then the fire kills themselves. Up. Right. Yeah. Well, we've got an emergency kit by spit. the front door. You know, some sticks and a bag of marshmallows and graham crackers and stuff. Right. So we're set. You know, there we're you good. go. When the fire comes, you're ready. Yeah. Uh-huh. And makes perfect sense. I'll tell you. You know who's helping you be ready for uh, your brew day? Our good John friend, Blickman. John Blickman. That's right. BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman Engineering, they are uh, preparing you for whatever uh, is coming your way in, in the in the brewosphere uh, with quality equipment, great, brilliant engineering, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, well-made stuff that, uh, uh, just performs like a champ. It's, uh, That's right. very, very high quality. I've had the pleasure of using uh, a fair amount of, uh, the Blickman gear. And, uh, I can say with no, uh, hesitation 
that that is some uh, quality stuff that uh, you'd be happy to use and make make some great beer. Um, Frustration-free uh, brewing with Blickman gear, That's right. I would say. Yep. That's what they're all about. There you go. And, uh, you know, I think you know, John takes a certain pride in, uh, in that fact. And oh, yeah. now Definitely. with the uh, Anvil uh, brew gear, uh, you know, a, a more uh, affordable yeah. uh, version of, uh, you know, gear from, from Blickman where, you know, if you don't need, <clears throat> you know, the, uh, the latest cutting-edge technology, you just want solid, dependable, quality brew gear to uh, produce, uh, you know, solid, quality, dependable wort. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Anvil's uh, got that in the bag right there. So check yep. them out, anvilbrewing.com and blickmanengineering.com. Good stuff uh, that uh, is uh, going to make your, your brew day uh, uh, safe and less uh, frustrating than uh, a, a fire raging through your valley. <laughs> like Beetle. You know, do you have a fire raging through your valley? She says no. Ah, uh, oh, river. That, that's what it was. <laughs> you have a river raging through your valley? Rivulet? Cleavage sweat? Show, show us your valley. Jeez. <laughs> she, is, she is forming a valley with two fingers. Woo. <laughs> 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 Okay, well, I think we pushed that about as far as we should. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, all right. Bebo, you need your own camera in there. Do you have one in there? Do you, I can't even get we, the cameras out there to work. What I, makes you I think know, I but, can get one in here to work? Well, one day when, I think you people know, would all the things are right. prefer to watch you than watch me um, and Steve. I, I you agree. Know what? I agree. We had a Bevo camera yeah. for one show. Did it get too weird? Or? It got real, <laughs> real weird. Right. Real fast. They're wanting you to point at all sorts of places. Uh, I was there. There were requests for me to take off clothing. It was a whole thing. Chats were like, "Can you touch your elbows behind your back?" And <laughs> what is that weird thing growing on your head? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, there you go. All right. Um, what we're doing today is uh, live Q and A. Uh, you can send in questions via email. Through Bruce Strong at thebrewingnetwork.com. You can uh, actually call in 888-401-BEER, and the lovely Bevo will uh, process your call. I'm not sure the this equipment actually works, but we could give that a try. Or you could Skype in, or uh, you could actually join in the chat, which Bevo is uh, monitoring, and she would take your questions, make sure they aren't totally stupid, and then uh, give them to us here on the air, and we would answer them for you thusly. So there you go. Multiple ways of getting your questions in. And uh, we actually quite enjoy this, Sean and I. We people, do. People think we don't, but it's the best shows we do. It's uh, We just love it. Yeah. And it doesn't and matter. conferences, people come up to us and things. Yeah. And it's like we are happy to do them, and we are happy to talk to you guys at conferences, yeah. too. It's easier than coming up with a topic, for one. And yeah. it's just a lot more interesting because it makes us think. It's always exactly. always challenging. So what's our first challenge of the day, pornographic Stephen? It's about temperature control system. So this guy lives in Brazil. Uh-huh. And everything there costs more than he can afford. And he really likes the solution he saw in some products that use a coil inside the fermenter circulating hot and cold water to control the temperature. So he decided to make the system on his own for his 10-gallon plastic fermenter. His question is, can that coil in the center of the fermenter somehow affect the fermentation in a bad way? Is there anything I should consider before I build the system? Coil location, coil length, water flow. Well, you don't want to use copper. Yeah. Because copper will uh, catalyze staline operations or uh, um, reactions. Uh post-ferment so that's you use stainless steel is best aluminum um would probably also be a catalyst so probably should avoid that um aluminum just rot right at the uh 
Well, it's it's pretty ben- beer is pretty yeah. benign to aluminum. It's the cleaning chemicals that eventually start taking a toll well, on mean the interface with the air. Yeah, and the liquid. Yeah. So um, even even vinyl tubing would work. Right. I mean. Yeah. You know, you know the, I think. Um, I. I think that I think the you know the biggest risk is if you use something other than a water. If if you're using like a lot of times people use uh, glycol and they'll be recirculating like you know car antifreeze with uh, <laughs> through this this coil and then it leaks and then it gets in there and that could potentially be quite toxic. Yeah, um, not to say just you know even if it was food grade kind of ruins your beer, um, but. I would question that this is somehow cheaper than just having a fridge or, you know, some sort of AC unit or something with a box. Yeah. Because in order to do this, you you can't just run a pump and circulate water through this thing, through a coil, um, with uh, no control because, well, all right, first off, you need to chill down the water. How are you chilling the water? Are you refrigerating blocks of ice and throwing them in? And then are you not controlling the flow of water through? That seems kind of weird. So, I mean, you need a controller no matter what. And then if you're buying a pump and making this coil and then somehow chilling the water, it doesn't make sense to me that that is potentially cheaper than a used refrigerator or uh, a... uh, you know, used AC unit in a box. I think his thing is he's he's building it, but he wants to know yeah about coil well, length and location about, and talked about being cheap. Yeah, I'm 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 calling BS on this cheap. It's I'm, cheaper to buy build buy a AC unit, a window air conditioner, and make a box than try to put an immersion chiller in the in the fermenter. You're saying right. Um, because you need a pump. Yeah. And you still need a controller. Right. And you still need a way of chilling the water. Mm-hmm. So just getting a fridge eliminates yeah. the pump. And there's your method of chilling the water. chills the whole thing. Um, it can handle multiple uh, uh, fermenters. And um, you don't need the coils anymore. You don't have to worry about the coils. One of the biggest problems of the coils is getting them in and out of your container and keeping them sanitary. It's very difficult to handle this thing and get it, you know, completely sanitary. You have to heat sanitize it and get it into your fermenter without introducing more um, contaminants. And it has to, you have to use a a fermenter that has a wide open top um, in order to allow that thing to go in and out because you're not feeding a coil through the opening of a carboy. And then um, uh, you also are taking up precious volume from the fermenter uh, for your coil. And if you're, so your fermenter has to be bigger. I mean, there's just a lot of reasons why it's not the best solution, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. I had real good luck with uh, room air conditioners. Mm-hmm. You know, building an insulated box of room air conditioner worked real well. Mm-hmm. You know, a place like Brazil, I think yeah, you providing, can just providing go that from your neighbor's uh, your neighbor's house and uh, use that. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you're if you're doing the coil method, you need electricity for that for, to run a pump and also to chill the water. So either way, you need electricity. And, you know, for a box, to build a box with a with an air conditioner unit, um, you know, it's panels of styrofoam. You don't even need, like, wood. <laughs> I mean, you can use, like, two-inch styrofoam with tape and make yeah, a box. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, that works just fine. So I would say what he's proposing is not the best way. I'd say if he's doing it, Avoid using any sort of uh, liquid that's recirculating that would be toxic or ruin the beer if he gets a leak because, and even water can, can do that because the, the water is going to be contaminated. 
and it'll also dilute the beer. So either way, if you get that in there, you're going to ruin your beer. And then, um, you know, the problem is getting the coil into the, the fermenter without introducing contaminants. So I would I would focus on on those aspects of it, um, and you still need to make sure you control the temperature, so you're not just circulating uh, at uh, random times or continuously. Yes, have I burst his bubble enough? Yes, <laughs> I think you've beaten that horse. All right, so. well, time to beat another horse. Let's take a short break. Let me go beat the horse, and uh, we'll be back. Right after this. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. about White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast. Pure Pitch is yeast grown right in its final packaging. That means yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. And White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast for homebrewers is now available to everyone at homebrew retailers nationwide. Easy to use, perfectly sized, and ready to pitch. White Lab's yeast packaged using their FlexCell process ensures the purest yeast on the market. Visit whitelabs.com to learn more about Pure Pitch, Flex Cell technology, and how it's created. Then visit a homebrew retailer near you for your own perfectly sized package of Pure Pitch yeast. And you can say hello to your own little friend. www.whitelabs.com Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We are sort of answering questions. Yep. Making making Taylor look like a wine guy. Who? You mean Steve? Steve. Steve, yes. Or Steve look like a wine guy. You're blowing my cover, man. He's a wine guy. Wine Are guy. you a wine guy? All right, wine guy. Give us the next question. All right, this is from Eric Parker. Hey, Jamil, I've listened to all your Brew Strong shows about mashing, mash efficiency, and smarging. I have a Morbier sculpture and use their heavy-duty 15-gallon mash tun, which has about 2.08 gallons of water underneath the foul's bottom. The true dead space, however, is about 1.50 gallons. When you brewed on your B3 sculpture, how did you account for this? In Beersmith, 
Would you add the true 1.50 gallons of dead space in the dead space field and then add the difference of about 0.5 gallon to the mash water calculation addition? I usually go with 1.33 quarts per pound, so this would take the mash water to about 1.48 quarts per pound. Am I thinking about it too much? Yes, you are. Um, however, all right, a few answers to a few of the questions. One is, uh, I started with the B3 stuff back way back in the Regan days when they had a thing called the Maximizer, which is a little piece of copper elbow and tubing that actually dipped way down into the kettle, and you only lost like a half a gallon. It was amazing. It was fantastic. And they did away with it and went to a much higher screen and, and all that just to simplify that because the maximizer would fall out. You know, if you didn't really hammer that thing in, it would fall out. You'd lose it in your spent grain. And, you know, it was it was a bit of a problem. But I loved it. And I insisted on that forever. They tried to give me one without that. And I'm like, no, no, I want the maximizer. So I love the maximizer. The other thing is, um, yeah, I I never really used Beersmith. So, I mean, I fiddled with it a little bit, but I never really uh, used it for all my brewing. Um, yes, enter it, you know, the one and the half in the dead space, and you can add the other half to the uh, mash water. Um, however you do it, it's fine. It doesn't really matter how it goes. Which gets me to the point of you're way overthinking it because if you're worried about, you know, getting all such <laughs> precision in the mash. And I was talking to somebody the other day and they were going on and on about the mash and the, the temperature and this and the water and, and the design of the, the, the mash ton and, and really no thought about fermentation. They were going on and on about all this and then nothing about temperature control uh, or yeast management, anything like that. And they're missing the fundamental fact that fermentation with great fermentation and temperature control of fermentation is part of great fermentation. Um, that's 90% of the battle right there. Yeah. And you can take really the, the most poorly made wort and ferment it just amazingly, and it's going to taste pretty damn good. You can take the most amazing wort and ferment it poorly, and it's going to taste like crap. So you need to focus on fermentation and that aspect of it and not really worry so much about, you know, the mash. So, you know, 0.33, you know, 1, 1.33, 1.43 doesn't yeah. really, it makes zero bit of difference in your outcome. I mean, if you've gotten to that point where that's the difference in your beer, I'd be shocked. I'd really be shocked. Yeah. Um, water to green ratio. Uh, I mean, my, my first question is why using such a low ratio? Um, you know, and two quarts per pound works great, you know. Um, and brewing the bag, people, you know, should demonstrate that five quarts per pound works great. Um, you know, so. Well, sometimes... Uh People do this uh, for volume uh, constraints on their mash ton. Yeah, so I did like a, like a one three three or a one five, and um, you know it, it just because it you know it fit well and it allowed me to do larger grain bills, um, even with a smaller mash ton. Yeah, that's but that's 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 a good point. But I I would agree with you. Uh, you know, throw in whatever whatever fits. That's fine. It's, you know, as long as, uh, you know, if, if you're going to go, you know, three quarts, you know, or one and a half, that I'd keep track of. So you could repeat it when it works out well. Mm. Um, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it will affect it a little bit, but um, it's not much. It's a small, small portion. Uh, you know, your pitching rate has a far greater effect on uh, your attenuation than, um your your mash thickness yeah well i guess part of it too is you know hitting his numbers to get his og you know uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, oh yeah yeah boil well, volumes I, and i commend him for you know uh looking at this and tracking this but on the other hand um 
you just got to be, uh, you know, don't spend too much time on it. Unless this is like you've you've run out of things to look at, then <laughs> you can start looking at this. But you know, you should really be looking at fermentation all that first. So there you go. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, next question. Okay. Large starter technique from Rod Hall. I make oh, Rod Rod Hall. I make five liter starters for my IPAs and double IPAs. Since five liters seems like too much starter work to pitch to a five gallon batch, I let the starter ferment completely, cold crash, and decant most of it before pitching. How much, how much yeast vitality am I losing doing this way instead of pitching the entire starter at high Krausen? Mm. Not a lot. Mm. Uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you're losing some uh, between high Krausen and, uh, and, you know, once you let it all uh, settle out. However... Um, you know, one of the things that, like, White Labs does is um, they actually, uh, you know, part of their 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 process of chilling it down and packaging it, they have a, uh, where they actually can get the, the yeast to retain more glycogen uh, by, by crashing it out and making it more ready to go afterwards. So, I mean, it's possible... I'd say that the difference, however, between between that and um, uh, you know a choice between that and and dumping five liters of spent wort into your beer, I'd choose you know going with the way he's doing it. I wouldn't transfer five liters of spent wort into my my beer either. What I like to do was you know grow the yeast up a couple of days before the brew. Just so I was sure that everything worked out fine and that I was ready to go. And then, you know, harvest the yeast, make sure I got the proper amount. And then the day of brew, um, I would add some some wort to the yeast, just a small amount, just, uh, you know, a pint uh, with the yeast just to get it active and get it, you know, uh, frothing again. And then that I would pitch the whole whole volume of that in. And that I, I thought was you know a compromise between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would also I would point out that you don't have to cold crash it. Um, you know, I think it's enough to just let it cool mm. um, ten degrees, and the yeast will flocculate. Um, right. So. Uh, yeah, and then just and pour pour the you know you'll have a half inch of yeast on the bottom or you know depending on the size of the starter, but that mass will be down there. Pour off the wort. Yeah, it's going to be cloudy with yeast. You're going to lose some, but you know you've got the bulk of it. Um, and I, I agree with you. You know, don't really want to add all that starter wort. Um, you know, which is going to have a lot of. Um, Diacetyl, acetaldehyde, you know, other byproducts, off flavors. Um, don't really want to put that into your main beer and hope it gets cleaned up. Yep. There you go. All right. Let's take uh, another short break. When we come back, we will have more of your questions right after this. <laughs> Army, have you heard the latest at Hop Tech? Since Hop Tech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including White Labs, Y-Yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand new all grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at hoptech.com. Hoptech, totally not sucking since 1983.
Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishef, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber special secret elite bare bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Grog tags aren't just for labeling your home brews to hand out to your friends. They're the perfect way to round out your personal brewing marketing. Bringing your latest beer to a funeral? Craft a metal sign to go with it. Heading out to Little Liam's Bar Mitzvah? Grog Tag custom bottle caps are awesome. Couldn't get out of jury duty this year? Grog Tag the hell out of the deliberation room with reusable labels. Grog Tag has an awesome array of products just waiting to be customized by you. Metal signs, coasters, tasting mats, bottle caps, tap handles. It's all there waiting for your designs at Grog Tag. Liven up your next party with the widest selection of custom products ever offered by a sponsor of the Brewing Network. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. Yes, Steve and I were talking about uh, <coughs> how lovely it is that I now live in uh, the uh, Vacaville, California. Very close to the brewery. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm yes. putting the Pope Estate up for sale. Do you it, have a buyer? It yet? is time. Oh, it won't take long. It'll 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 happen amazingly quick. We'll uh, we'll put that thing up and and it'll just be gone, gone. <laughs> I'm saying. I think uh, I've seen the the buyer here uh, from Canada, the uh, the billionaire uh, blobber, blobber glop is uh, <laughs> thinking of buying the Pope Estate. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, he smells very much like uh, sunscreen. I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking he. He gets uh, a little too uh, 
you burnt without copious amounts of uh, banana boat. Banana boat? Is that what you're using? Yeah, that's pretty much what we've been uh, we've been floating in all day. Yes, we're at the uh, Water World. Water World. That's yeah. why you are covered. I can I can smell the <laughs> sunscreen <Damn>. from here. <laughs> you walked in. I'm like sunscreen, man. Well, you've got a good nose. Uh, there you go. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, it's it's often that I smell it in beer, so that's why I recognized it right uh. off the bat. I'm like, yeah, sunscreen. And it's like descriptor number 37 on the wheel of flavor descriptors. Was it a good thing? <laughs> well, not in beer. No. no. <laughs> Are you having a good time in California? Yes, we're having a great time. We've been uh, seeing a lot of friends and uh, visiting a lot of new places and seeing uh, incredible, incredible scenery uh, across the across the states. Scenery, scenery, yeah. Is that what you say? Yeah, uh-huh. the desert and uh, and more sand and <laughs> desert then, and, and then, dry and, fire. Uh, Have you seen our 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 our, our topography fire. includes fire? No, I I missed the fires in L.A. I was kind of disappointed there. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you come know. on back. We got more. There'll be more. Uh, Monterey is on fire. Big Sur yeah. is completely on fire. That's burning down. Shit. Well, uh, we we have forest fires in Canada too. So I've seen that before. <laughs> You've seen fire before. You've seen right. uh, Fort McMurray. They they burn half oh. the country down there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh-huh. it was interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Have you been to Heretic? Have you come out to the brewery? I have not. You should come out to the brewery. I think I should. I'll hook you up. I know a guy. Get you some free beer. I'm just saying. Get you a tour. Well, you know some very interesting people, don't you? Yeah, I know you. That's about as interesting as it gets. That's about as unusual and interesting as as, as it gets. Well, uh, I'll try and get out there. That'd be really fun and uh I appreciate the uh, the offer, Jim Milton. I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to be here and uh, yeah. and barge into your show and kind of ruin everything. The um, memento of the movie. I assume you had a question for us, right? Because this thing was going so smoothly before you showed up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Oh yeah. What's the show about? <laughs> there it goes. Pretty much that. Yeah. Was it question and answer? It is. Oh yes. All right, so you're going to jump in on the next the next question here. All right, what's our next question? Pornographic. Statement. All right, this one's the from Rod Hall again. Same dude um, talking about when he's making a five liter starter on a stir plate with a drop or two of anti foam. Mm-hmm. I get almost no visible Krausen. How can I tell when the starter has reached high Krausen? Well, um, it's actually a good point because. Um, yeah, you know, if you're if you're stirring your your starter, uh, really, you, you, even without any sort of anifoam, you generally don't see any sort of action. I mean, it, it it's knocking the CO two out as fast as it can form, and you end up with, uh, you know, no real foaming. Yeah, it's just cloudy. Right, but you, you'll see. So the the thing is to be observant, and you'll see the uh, where it cloud up and get very uh, thick with yeast. And uh, when it reaches kind of a peak thing, and when you see it start to, you know, uh, fade from that, then I think you've you've reached your point of maximum saturation of yeast, and that's pretty much where you would go if you're going to pitch that from uh, high croissant. You should learn how to say croissant. Croissant. Yes. Krausen? Krausen. I want to say Krausen. Krausen. Looks like a German. With the umlaut. Yes. <laughs> Like kraut. Steve. And our German listener. There you go. Uh, John, would you uh, recommend otherwise? Nope. Um, I would just add that uh, you don't want to keep your starter on a stir plate for longer than 18 to 24 hours. Right. Um, All your growth is done. Yeah. You know, 8 to 12, uh, you know, 18, you know. Max, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, turn you know turn off the stir plate at that point because if you keep keep it on oxygen, um, the sugars are all used up, and now the yeast are going to start you know using those triolose and glycogen reserves with the oxygen 
for metabolism, and mm-hmm. basically you're going to tire them right out. So, uh, yeah, don't don't stir a stir a starter too long. There you go. A blobber, you would you have any advice for Rod? Um, no, I, I do have a question later. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, what's your question? I'm just uh, curious to what you guys think about um, just how much homebrewers should be worried about hot side aeration. Uh, almost Hard none. Bomb. Almost none, eh? Yeah. Okay, that was the, uh, yeah. that's the information that I found as well. Because um, <laughs> that's it. So, okay, that answers my question. Thank you very much. JP made you feel made you feel uh, yeah. JP made a little, there. little laugh and no, I no. It, it's a good question and it's something that uh, you know a lot of people think about and, and it's been brought up in the literature and all that stuff. But uh, our good friend Charlie Bamforth uh, so aptly pointed out, uh, you know, through great fermentation, you pretty much eliminate any issues with hot side aeration. So um, the the thing is. There are there are effects to hot side aeration later on in staling and 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 all sorts of things and and formation of compounds that could add to shortening a beer's life if you are packaging it and sending it out in into the market to sit warm on shelves. Perhaps you you would worry about something like that. However, um, the thing for homebrewers is you know don't. Start wildly whisking your, you know, your wort or anything like that or your mash. You know, just do it like normal and everything will will work out just fine. Have good fermentation and don't be insane. Don't come up with some insane method of somehow mixing up your mash or something. That's like, you know, using a boat propeller and, you know, churning it up. And and you'll be fine. Yeah, Yeah, no paint stirs on the Makita. There you go. Good good question, Flavor. Thanks. All right. Uh, next question, Steve. This one's about bottle carbonating. I recently brewed a couple batches of beer at my parents' farm for the first time. Everything went according to plan until I carbonated my beers. I added my standard uh, two-thirds cup of sugar to my beers, which usually gives me fairly good carbonation and occasionally too much, depending on what style I'm brewing. But when I opened the first bottle, it was relatively flat. I started trying to think of what might have gone wrong, assuming that it wasn't a fluke, and the rest of my beers are well carbonated. My first thought was the fact that my parents' farm is about 1,200 feet higher in elevation. My guess was that at the higher elevation, there would be less residual uh, carbonation in the beer from fermentation, which would require additional sugar for priming. This kind of leads me into another question of whether the priming nomograph, which starts out with temperature, is really just a simplification of residual carbonation, and I would need to adjust my priming sugar based both on temperature and elevation. If this is the case, is there a nomograph that starts with residual carbonation and a table uh, calculating residual carbonation based off of elevation and temperature? I've searched forums and haven't gotten a decent answer. Damn it. Well, John, you should be able to calculate the... The partial pressure at uh, any given elevation and provide a chart for that. Come on, yeah, I mean, knock, uh, knock that out of your flight to Singapore. I'll, I'll do that. I mean, it, it's calculatable. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it would be huge though at twelve hundred feet or how, what elevation? You say two thousand? Um, well, actually, Steve. the Steve, what elevation did you say? Twelve hundred feet. Twelve hundred feet. 1,200 feet higher than his current elevation, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah, that, it's not enough to really markedly change Well, it level. does change the solubility of oxygen right. at... Well, um, well, that, well but I, ox, oxygen isn't going to affect the... Well, but it is, is, is a similar situation. You have no, a dissolved yeah, yeah. gas. Right. It's going to affect the partial pressure of gases, which is, yeah. you know, like like the, the listener is saying, the amount of residual CO2 that's trapped in the beer after fermentation is going to change based on the higher elevation. Yeah. But it's, So it's going to be lower, yeah. but the amount lower is how much? 2 I mean, ppm? Yeah, not a lot, I would think. No. So, I mean, I'll... I'll I'll figure it out. Post it, John will come up with a chart for you. Yeah, he's on it. He's on it. 
All right. Uh, one more question. All right, this one. Hello, Jamil and John. In your opinions, what is the best hop combination for a tropical pale ale? I've been experimenting with mosaic and citra hop combinations, but I cannot seem to get the ratio correct without there being an aroma similar to cat piss. It sure <laughs> tastes good, though. Are there... <laughs> See, JP, That's why good. you don't like hoppy beers and cat piss, since you have a love of cats... <laughs> I'm trying to find an analogy for this. Um, it's, I mean, look, I like, look, you can get a, 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 a good look at a bull by sticking your head up his butt, but it's not going to tell you what's the, whatever, Tommy boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Right. I mean, why, why, why are some tropical IPAs catty? Why are some hops catty like that? I don't know. Right. Uh, oh, I, I really would. I think you, you're working with the wrong hops. You right. know, I think mosaic sucks. So <laughs> I'm with you on that. I hate mosaic. Yeah. Uh, Citra and Galaxy. Citra. Oh, and, people hate Galaxy too. Yeah. Hop combinations Amarillo. that work well together. You just try some of the New Zealand ones. Waitueka. Um, a couple others. We just did a uh, 28 hop uh, comparison. Uh, we tasted like all the hops that we have at the brewery in uh, in the Hellas, oh. and uh, we made little growlers of Hellas and put in like three okay. grams of hops in each one, and uh, and then we tasted them and we came up with our next like three or four hop combinations for IPAs, and <clears throat> the real tropical fruity hops without a lot of cattiness is. Um, uh, Vic Secret was very tropical. Uh, Southern Cross, uh, Cashmere is a new hop that is really hard to get. That I think is outstanding. Um, I always like that song, Cashmere. Uh, yeah, um, or outstanding, uh, outstanding. Yeah. Yes, another great song by Led Zeppelin. Um, the. Uh, uh, citra can be a nice uh, citra. At least the the current batch of citra that we have has a lot of peach character to it, and so that can be nice. It doesn't have a whole lot of caddy uh, mosaic. I think is the the key problem that he's having. But I think also you know it can be if you use too much mosaic, that easily can be offensive. Yeah, I mean it's just using the right amount of mosaic. When I, when we did the homebrew or the brewers challenge or whatever, I used a massive ton of mosaic in that beer. That was my that was my downfall. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the fact you didn't boil the beer at all. No, it was the mosaic. Oh. That's what people were complaining about. The mosaic. I don't think that maybe. Yeah, people were talking about diesely, and, and people mm. refer to mosaic as diesely all the time. Oh, okay. It was yeah. it was the mosaic. But I had other people just love that beer. Because it had a lot of mosaic in it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, mosaic. Tale of Two Cities. There you go. All right. Did we answer that question? All right. Yep. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll have more questions right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All-Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high-temperature march pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your Brew Easy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman kettle cart. The Brew Easy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your Brew Easy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new Brew Easy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. 
More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Ken Grossman of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company says making great beer is hard. Making the same great beer every day is harder. Brewers Publications announces its latest release for breweries of any type and size. Quality Management, an essential guide for brewers by Mary Pelletieri. Proper quality management for small, regional, and national breweries is critical. Whether you are an established business or brand new, learn the best ways to create and manage a quality system in your brewery. This book will guide you in developing a comprehensive program that will grow with your brewery, help ensure quality processes in the brewery, and continue providing great beer for your fans. Quality management for breweries is critical for continued success. This guidebook teaches you to integrate quality management in every level of the operation. It will guide you in developing a comprehensive program to ensure quality processes in your brewery. Quality management, an essential guide for brewers, now available for from Brewers Publications. Learn more at brewerspublications.com. Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. We're back. Lovely visit by Blobber, his beautiful family, and uh, the Jipper, and his lovely family. That's cool. Which exists of two people. Blobber's family is like four. Mm-hmm. There you go. He's a frequent visitor to California, as I understand it, at least once a year. Did you call him a freak? I no, freak. we just say that separately. He's a freak visitor. Jeez. Yeah, that's what he said. All right. Next. Actually, he would endorse that comment. <laughs> next question. He absolutely would. Yes. Okay. Next question this is about mass temperature dropping. Mm. Hey guys, firstly, I'm from Denmark, Australia, and I listen to you guys at work a lot, and would appreciate Denmark, it. Australia. Make up your mind. Denmark, Wait, or what? I'm from Denmark, Australia. What kind is that of, a place? What what kind of accent would that guy have? That's a weird one. All right, continue. Hello, mate. Uh, I don't know. Hello, that mate. Terrible. Hello, mate. Hello. No, that was mate. actually pretty good. <laughs> I couldn't have done any worse. Um, Thank you very much. He, he would appreciate it if Doc would get more drunk on air. Shit is gold. I like that comment. That's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's every single episode Doc's on. More drunk. He needs more. Literally not possible. He'd be unconscious. <laughs> yeah, I'd be pissed out. All right, question. I use a single pot for my mash and boil, and when I do a mash without having my pot on the heat or with the recirculatory system set up, I get a degree Celsius drop 
in temperature every 15 minutes. Just wondering what the ill effects of that would be. Uh, um, Does he say what temperature he's starting at? Uh, nope. But, you know, I, I, I would say in the grand scheme of things, probably not a, a big deal. Um, you know, in an hour, you're looking at uh, 8F, 4C, eh, be fine. But why not just throw some insulation around that pot, you know, make yourself up, uh, you know, a little foam thing that, you know, slaps on there, two halves, piece of tape, you know, duct tape to hold it shut and then uh, take it off when you want to fire the burner. And, you know, and I'm guessing he doesn't have a lid on it. If you're dropping that much, you don't have a lid on it. Just throw a lid on there, and I bet you it Throw a lid, the... make a little jacket for it, and that's right. call yeah. it a day. Uh, I, I bet you you get, like, I'd be shocked if you got one degree Fahrenheit drop if you made a jacket and an insulated lid. If you just put a lid on it, um, you probably, I bet you he would cut that heat loss in half. He says he gets a degree Celsius drop every 15. I bet you if he put a lid on it, he'd cut that. That in half. A degree Celsius an hour. Yeah. Or, yeah, an hour or every half hour. Yeah. And and that that could be enough. So, yeah. there you go. Cool. The one thing, I mean, the temp... Dep- start over again, John. Uh, you need to get up starch solubilization temperature. So, you got to get above 65C. Mm-hmm. I'll say it in C since he's working in C from Australia. Get above 65C, get up to, say, 67, um, and especially if he is experiencing this temperature drop. And then don't worry about it because once you get up to 65, all of your starches are soluble. Uh, there's, they should be. Um, you can have some starch granules that you know, are late to, to solubilize uh, until they get up to you know, 64, 65. Um, so those should go in solution, and now as your temperature drops, um, they stay soluble, and a temperature drop of a couple of degrees only is being kinder to your beta amylase. So uh, you're really not losing anything. Um, you're making a, you're generally you're making a more fermentable wort. Yep. There you go. All right, uh, Bevo. We have uh, questions from the chat. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I, I started talking. Southern Bale. I started talking, Bevo. but I had my microphone turned off. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. This question is from Captain Midway. I used watermelon in a beer and a few spots of white pellicle. Is that a word? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Pellicle on top of the beer in the fermenter, which makes me think there was an infection. Can I salvage the fermenter and keg? Question mark. Sure. Um, just because you see uh, white floaties, it doesn't necessarily mean it's Brett or uh, something, uh, you know, horrible. It could be, um, you know, just some mold or something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, you... Uh, it's fine. Well, it depends on the fermenter. If you can heat the fermenter up to, uh, you know, 180 degrees, um, you know, you're good. Same thing on the keg. It'll it'll kill any breath that's in there. Um, yeah. You know, spore-forming organisms, no, but eh, it'll be fine. Okay. Great. My next question is from R.A. Smith. How do you keep from over? Sorry. How do you keep from over sparging or keeping your runoff from dropping too low on very low gravity beers like milds and bitters? During my sparge, I normally get down to one point zero one zero to one point zero zero eight before I'm at where I want to be for my starting boil level, which is about a gallon off. Uh, add more grain. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Um, just start out with more grain. You're, you know, you. If if you're calculating it with one of the calculator tools, sometimes in in extreme circumstances, um, either you know it'll be wrong on the on the ends or not wrong, but it it just doesn't work in the real world as to what you're trying to do. So 
just add more grain or, or you know, less water, more water, whatever, whatever would be, you know, on the big beer and on the small beers generally, it's just you probably need another pound of grain. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I, I feel his frustration and not, you know, hitting his number, but, or, you know, and wanting to avoid astringency, but yeah, add, you know, another half pound of your base malt, um, such that, you know, when you, so that when you hit your boil volume, you know, your, your, gra- your final running's gravity will be, you know, 10, 15, 10, 16 instead. Um, but again, it's it's not a huge problem if his pH is is good. Um, so, um, you know, look at your water chemistry, look at your your pH of your runnings. Ten um, ten, you know, for final runnings is fine as long as your your pH is not going up above five point eight. Um, that's where you start to run into some issues. And there you are. And there you go. <laughs> that sounded nice. Well, and sounded nice. Hey, have you have you checked out our fine sponsor, uh, Adam and Eve? Huh? They got something nice for you. Mm-hmm. Use the offer code Jamel J A M I L at AdamandEve.com. and when you do, you're going to get six free adult DVDs. You're going to get yourself a free gift for her, a free gift for him. And a free gift for the both of you. And one of them's a clit bumper. What if what if the two of you don't have a clit between you? That is a good point. A couple of dudes. Nothing wrong with that. And they, what would they use a clit bumper for? But from... I, I'm going to go on record and say that I don't know. They put that on eBay or something? Um, but... Can you exchange it for something else? She no. has one right here. I'm gonna pull it no, out no, no, no. and uh, taking out of the box. Show show how it's wor- how it works. The clip bumper is the ideal pleasure ring for couples. Uh-huh. He'll- oh, oh, why am can, I reading this out loud? You could have a couple that is two it's, women. You can have a couple that's two men. You can have a couple that is it's a, a man and a woman. You can have a couple that is it's people a, who identify. It's a ring. Uh huh. So it technically can be used yeah. for men. It just the the, right. the the clit stimulating wouldn't work, but uh-huh. the ring part, okay. it, and I'm quoting from and Adam women, and Eve right here, it says Two women uh, could use this if they slip that onto a, uh, a, hand. a phallic shaped uh, something or other, or the hand. Oh, He'll love the way this ring lets through. him stay harder longer. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, okay. You maybe turn that little bumper around so it's bumping you in the uh... <laughs> okay so I'm done it's <laughs> a hard pass passing alright all right, all right. hard is right just trying to work it out here I, yeah so I guess you could find some use for it absolutely or you sell it on eBay whatever um, so you get the six free DVDs you get the, the, the three free gifts and to top it all off free shipping and that's where a lot of these these deals you hear on the internet and whatever they and TV late night TV they get you as the shipping it's like, oh yeah, it's just nine ninety nine, and then like shipping is twenty nine ninety nine because it's shipping and handling. Not at Adam and Eve. Use off code Jamel J A M I L, and uh, they're going to give you free shipping, six free DVDs, and uh, the three free gifts. So check them out adamandeve.com. Another excellent show. Wonderful. Uh, pornographic Steven. Just wonderful. Uh, lovely Bevo. We uh, we enjoyed our time here in the air conditioned studio. I will go back out to uh, have sweat drip down my crack and across my taint and down my leg into my shoe. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. gotta wash all the things. I just envisioned the whole trail of your sweat. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, you did. Ran across my clip bumper too, didn't it? Well, check out our fine sponsors, uh, Blickman Engineering, BlickmanEngineering.com. Good folks there are innovating your brew day, making uh, frustration-free brewing through all the great products like uh, uh, their Blickman uh, Tower of Power, the Therminator, the Beer Gun, and uh, all the fine Anvil Brewing products. You can check them out also at AnvilBrewing.com. Good stuff. Check out the Brewing Network store. At the store, you can find stuff that when you buy that stuff, it goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and helps keep shows like this on the air. They got great stuff. 
They got t-shirts. They got uh, glassware. They got uh, growlers. They got uh, hoodies. They got hats. They got... uh, uh, Toothbrushes? Toothbrushes. They've got... uh, uh, scissors. scissors. Um, They've got, uh, phones. got cell phones. Cell phones now. They've calculators. got calculators. They've got, I think, um, BO's serious wrong. Mouse. They got mice. Pads. Mouse pads. You name it. You name it. They, they got boobs. They probably have got it. They've got it. I'm going to go check them out today because I think I could pick up a few things I could use there. You do your grocery shopping there. All right. <laughs> Yeah, they've got groceries. <laughs> Check them out, thebringnetwork.com slash store. Until then, everybody, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everyone.